Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you guys here. I have been giving, getting, not giving, getting a couple reviews. Some of you are in person. Some of you do it over Instagram about the podcast and that you guys are loving it. And it's, you know, this is just starting out for me. It's kind of fun. I look at my numbers and my listeners and it's growing, which is really exciting. But also I watch my brain like try to increase the pressure on myself. Like there are actually people listening. I'm not just me talking in my closet to my little microphone on top of a rubbermaid box. Like it's real fancy over here. But it's it's fun. It's fun to hear your guys' reviews and how it's helped you. And it really lights my soul on fire and keeping you guys. I'm not sure all of you. I don't know all of you, but I think about you. I think about the things that you need in your life. I think about where I was before and where we might overlap on thoughts because I know our circumstances are different. Like the actual ins and outs of our days and the details are different. But the thing is, what I noticed, the more that I coach, the more I coach my clients is we all have very similar thoughts and fears. Very similar. Even people that you would think wouldn't because maybe their financial situation is different or maybe they have the relationship that you think that you want all of it even though it's very different in circumstances our thoughts are so similar so it just goes to show me that we all have it goes to show me yeah I don't know that we all have human brains and we're just working the exact same machine so I like to think about you guys during the week and what you might need. And this week I had a different topic planned. And when it came to recording, I could not do it. It just, the inspiration wasn't there. So I took that as a sign that it wasn't right. I didn't record when I had planned to record this podcast. And then last night, as many things do in my life in the middle of the night, I get an idea. I get the direction that I'm looking for, like wake up from a cold, (laughs) cold, hard sleep. I go out like a light, but I wake up and it's there. The direction is there. That's happened several times in my life. So hopefully one of you guys needs this podcast today. I don't know who you are, but it's, I'm being guided. And so you are in our Father in Heaven's thoughts, just so you know, whoever this is meant for. I truly believe that that's a thing. All right. This podcast today, we're talking about behavior and what our brain likes to do when we see behavior. All right. And separating the behavior from the individual. So let's give an example. Let's say your spouse, because this is something that I've coached before and very similar thoughts in a lot of different coaching. Just like what I said, we have human brains. Let's say your spouse does a behavior 
that you don't love, that you even think is horrible or very dangerous, very something, you know, not something not so good. (laughs) Our brain likes to take that behavior, that neutral behavior, and even even if we want to keep the thoughts about it. Remember last week's podcast, there are going to be some things that you want to keep thoughts about it. (laughs) But our brain takes that behavior that they are doing, and then it makes it mean something about the person. We see them in a little different light, whether it's your spouse or your sibling or your brother or your mother, whatever it is. We take that and we put that behavior and we make it mean something about their identity as a person. So let's say your spouse comes to you and they tell you something that they've done or you find out maybe they don't tell you something that they've done and it's a behavior that you don't love, that you don't think is okay. And then you watch your brain make and cast so many judgments and just kind of try to classify this person that is capable of this behavior. And we want to label them as bad because if we don't love the behavior, then how do we love the person that's choosing the behavior? So it makes a whole bunch of beliefs about that person. Maybe they're lazy. Maybe they are disobedient, weak, or a little bit gross to us. Whatever it is, like it casts this different light upon them. And that's hard when that is the person that you are trying to love, that you're trying to connect with, right? If we make that behavior mean something so huge about that person that they are not a good person, or maybe that they don't love us, or maybe that they're a little bit deceitful. Any of those thoughts, any of those beliefs, if you're giving your brain that directive to look for evidence for that, maybe it was triggered by another, you know, little bit of evidence, a behavior that they did, you have that belief now and your brain is going to get to work on proving that true. It wants to be right way more than it wants to feel good. So it's going to start noticing all the rest of the behavior that prove that belief true. And it kind of has that snowball effect, right? So if the thought is he's deceitful, then it's going to pick up one behavior and that snowball is going to get a little bit bigger and another behavior and it's going to be on the lookout for more and more and more until that snowball is out of control. It's giant and massive and that's what's taking over your marriage. It isn't even the fact that that's who he is. That's just your depiction of the reality that you were looking for the evidence that he is deceitful. And all of those behaviors fed into that belief. That's the box that your brain was like, yep, here's this little object. It goes into that box, making a little bit heavier. heavier. But as you do this, and as you're thinking that like he's deceitful, I want you to think about the feeling of connection and love you feel for this person. It's not going to be growing it's going to be really hard to love that person and to be able to find the joy in the moments when that big old snowball is sitting in the background, even when you're not thinking about it. So it is our job to slow our brains down. Did you know it's possible to see a behavior, not love a behavior, 
and still love the person so very much. To not give that behavior meaning about their character as a person. I think one of the one of the core beliefs that really helps me in this area is that humans are not all good and they're not all bad. They're a little bit of both. Like we live in this fallen world and we are imperfect humans. And so we're a little bit of both. Sometimes even myself, like myself, yourself, all of us, just think about you. Sometimes we have a judgmental thought. Sometimes we have a little bit of bad in us. And that's okay. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. And a lot of times we have a lot of good in us. I also like to think that, you know, with circumstances, we, I like to say like there's 50% good, 50% bad, that concept of 50-50. But I don't think for humans it's the same. I don't think we're 50% good and 50% bad. I actually think that there's more good in humans than there is bad. There's that natural man, that part of us that wants to take the easiest course. The brain gets involved to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. And I think sometimes that gets a little bit tricky. But I think for the most part, humans want to do good. They want to feel love. They want to be in light. And so I don't necessarily think that that concept applies to human beings. But I do think that there is that darkness in us too. Of course there is. There has to be. Why are we here? The same goes for you and the same goes for your spouse and your mother and your sister and your brother. It goes for all the humans, even the ones that we love, even the ones that we put up a little bit higher sometimes. They will have weaknesses as well. Of course they do. But if you are working on loving somebody, if it's your spouse that you're trying to love more, I want you to look at all of the behaviors because I'm sure there are behaviors that they do that you put meaning about their character as a person. It's going to feel scary if you try to let those go. If you try to say, maybe this doesn't mean anything about them. Your brain is going to start putting up the danger signals because then it could possibly get hurt. And if we trust them, if we love them, if we if we don't get mad at this behavior, then they're going to do it again and I'm going to be walked all over. Listen, let me let me remind you too that it's also okay to not love a behavior. You can leave the room. You can take care of yourself in whatever way that you think necessary. You can speak up and say, I don't love that behavior. But it's going to feel the best if you can still love the person. If we don't make it mean anything about the person. We have the best chance for love, the best chance to act as our best self when we are not in anger and judgment of that person, like who that person is, because we can't change who that person is. We definitely can't change the behavior that they choose, but we can choose how we want to respond to the behavior. And like I said, it's going to feel the best if it's done in as much love as it's possible to you in that moment. Now, I don't know what this is going to look like exactly for you, but I like to think of with my kids, right? How we can respond with our children. Let's say they draw on the wall or they hit their sister in anger because it happens all the time. I would go up to them and I'd be, 
I would tell them that it's not okay to hit your sister. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to hit your sister. That is not okay. And I love you. And now you need to go sit in timeout or whatever the consequences, right? And sometimes it gets tricky when it's with adults because we can't make them go sit in the corner. And that's when we have to learn what is in our control. If they're doing something that you are not okay with, how can you best protect yourself? Maybe sometimes that means distance. It means leaving the room or less contact with that person. All of that doesn't have to be done with like your middle finger flying up in the air. That's not how it's going to feel the best. It might feel good for two seconds and then after that it's going to feel like crap because then they're the bad guy. But if you could remain in love and do the exact same thing, not the middle finger in the air, but remain in love and leave the room or take care of yourself in some way, think about it. You are giving yourself the best chance to love them. We don't have to make them the bad guy. We don't have to feel like we had to leave the room. No, we're doing that to protect ourselves. We're doing that to give us some space to manage our mind, to see where our lines are, and we're help communicating to them where our lines are, and it gives them the best opportunity that they can to see, oh, that was a line, and maybe I don't want to do that again. Maybe not, right? We have zero control over their behavior, But it's good to see, it's good for others to see where our lines are and that we are going to take care of ourselves. That only increases your confidence in yourself. That if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling hurt, all created by our own thoughts, I'm also going to be the person who takes care of me. And I can do it without making a villain. That's so empowering. That is what it is going to help you create love for that person. Our brains think that it's just so much less work to just call them the bad guy and then the problem is solved. Like we got to the root of the problem. You're doing everything wrong. I figured it out. But then if we dig a little bit deeper, we notice like, oh, we actually have so much more control and it's easier for us to change us than it is for us to change them. So now I just want to give you some time to think about What behaviors have your loved ones done that you created a belief, a thought about their character, that you attached to their identity? What behaviors was it? Most of them are probably behaviors that you have a thought about that hurt you, that caused you pain in some way, shape, or form. Because it wants, just like I said before, the brain wants to avoid those things. It wants to avoid pain. And so it's going to make those things seem really dangerous. And I want to invite you to let go of some of that. Yes, maybe we don't like the behaviors, but let's kind of reduce how much it means about that person. Because remember, humans are good and they are bad. We have good in us and we have bad in us. Take a look at those beliefs that you created and what type of a lens does it put on you as you're looking at that person? Like what lens does it shift it into? Does it shift into that's a deceitful person or that person is disgusting and weak? And think about those beliefs and how that has shifted the way that you look at this person that you are trying to create connection and love. 
Do those beliefs serve you? If your goal is connection and love with your spouse, are those beliefs serving you? Are they? If they're not, even though they might feel like truth because your brain has been on the lookout for all of the behavior that supports that belief. If it is not serving you and creating more connection, it is you that is hurting you. It is you that is standing in the way of love and connection for that person. You are the one that gets to feel love and connection and you are the one that is blocking it right now. I want to invite you to look at those beliefs and break them down a little bit, right? Just start, just start unpacking one by one. What was the behavior that solidified this belief for me? Or maybe a list of behaviors. Could it be true that this person is the opposite? So if they are deceitful, maybe they're being really, really truthful, or maybe they're feeling a really vulnerable emotion and that's hard for them to feel and so they maybe they hide it like is there any humanity in it how can we love this person rather than increase the narrative of the belief that is no longer serving us i think the one of the most important things to god at this time is the family unit and these little beliefs are the ways to destroy that family unit. So it's going to take work and it's going to feel very scary to let go of some of these beliefs that you have about that person, especially if they're negative and your brain is just trying to keep you safe. Of course, it's going to feel vulnerable and scary. But on the other side of that, if you can stop making the behavior mean something about the individual, On the other side of that is this thing called unconditional love that is not conditional, meaning that their behavior does not determine how much you love them. And in order to practice that unconditional love, we have to get really good at separating the meaning of the behavior from the meaning and the identity of the person. And let me reiterate You don't have to love the behavior. You don't have to love the behavior. If you're being hurt or if something crosses a line for you, you get to be the one to have your back to protect you. But we don't have to do that with anger and we don't have to do that with making them the bad guy. The brain wants to do that because it's a little bit easier. It solves the problem. We don't have to do any of that. We can stay in love and we can also not approve of certain behaviors. As you do all of this work, I just know that it creates so much more confidence in relationships. And it's just a lot more fun to look at somebody and just feel unconditional love for them versus look at somebody and feel disdain and be repelled by them, especially if it's your loved ones, especially if they are the people in your life, because we have a desire to love them. And they have that desire to feel loved and belonging as well. And the best opportunity you can give them to feel that is by actually feeling it for yourself. But the work does not start in their behavior. It doesn't, they do not have to change a thing. And I think that is the most empowering part of this because then it creates certainty. For sure, you can feel unconditional love with just you doing the work. It doesn't depend on them at all. 
no matter what, you are the one that creates that, not their behavior. All right. I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I feel like I repeated myself a lot, but there are things that we need to hear again and again. And maybe go back to this lesson, this lesson, (laughs) this podcast episode after something happened that you don't love the behavior. How can you access confidence in that moment? How can we access love for them and separate, like completely detach behavior from the individual? Take a minute to do that after something has happened. And I guarantee you, your actions and the way that you handle the quote problem is going to look completely different than if you make that behavior mean something about their goodness and their love and all of the things if you make it mean something about them okay if you need help with this if there's something that you just can't get past if you cannot detach the meaning of the behavior from the goodness of the individual come and schedule a call with me because I know that you want to love that person and I know that you want your relationship to look different and to thrive and I can help you do that that's what I do on our calls That's like my favorite thing to cultivate in people and to help them with because, like I said, if those relationships are out of whack in your day, that is where your thoughts stay. And so everything else gets put on the back burner as your thoughts are all encompassed by this failing relationship. I love you guys, and I hope to see you next week. Bye.